Business Matters in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. I'm Kieran O'Donnell. You're welcome to Business Matters. My guest this week is Maeve Conahan, Regional Director with Enterprise Ireland for the West and Northwest regions. Maeve worked in the family-owned business McFadden's Hotel in Garda Hark from a young age. After graduating from the University of Galway, she spent six years in London before returning home to run the family hotel for five years. She also set up the Avalon Store, which operated in Letterkenny from 1985 to 2004. May have joined Enterprise Ireland in 2000 and has recently been given responsibility for the counties of Donegal and Sligo. started working in the family business, which was McFadden's Hotel, probably when I was about 10 or 11. Back in those days, everyone was all hands to the wheel um, and would have done everything from kitchen work, pot washing, all the way through just to learn all the different departments within an, in a hotel. My mother then opened a bakery uh, in the early 70s uh, and had a few different coffee shops around the northwest as well so I would have worked across those as well and you know she was a very hard worker and an amazing woman out doing the entrepreneurial thing very early on It was an unusual thing at that stage for a woman to be leading that sort of way of going It was indeed, yeah There was a marriage ban obviously she'd qualified as a teacher and with the marriage ban in the days that where she couldn't work as a teacher and was in the family business with with uh, my dad anyway and then decided just to branch out because they could see an opportunity for very high pre- quality premium uh, cakes and breads at the time and were you involved uh, heavily at that stage and uh, the, the early stage of the business so i would have worked as i say in all the different departments and i would have worked in the bakery um for three or four summers the challenge with the bakery is it's an early start and when you're in your teenage years, that often isn't <laughs> isn't a, 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 an aspiration for anyone. So I probably would have stayed in the hotel more than in the bakery in terms of work. My dad also would have had a diving centre um, where he would have been able to bring in um, an awful lot of international visitors to the northwest um, and worked with Sheephaven Bay, obviously, as well. And we would have had a, a compressor there. A lot of people then come into the hotel to stay. So a bit of ahead of its time, really, because I suppose diving has it really into its own now. But this was back in the sixties and seventies. Um, Just thinking, you were exposed to a lot of different businesses at an early age. Definitely was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw a lot of different things going on, and like in hospitality, it's bar, it's food, it's accommodation. It's they're all different and, and separate, but all together under one roof. Um, so yeah, it was interesting for sure. And you decided then maybe to pursue uh, the, the business area when you uh, took on your third level studies. So I actually did a BA in Galway initially, um, and took off to London then, as many did in the um, mid eighties. What was the attraction uh, with London? Well, in in nineteen eighty six, it was very little in Ireland. So, and people like I mean, we always like to travel and. 
again, parents' influence were saying, well, would you not like to be a teacher now and do the HDIP and things like that? And I definitely knew that that wasn't an area I wanted to go into. So I thought I'll get out of get out of their hair. And I headed off to London. I spent about six years there working in business. Sometimes in I started out in hospitality because that's what I had experience in. And then I moved into publishing company and also an information company. So at the very early stages of data collection and before the internet, but we were really able to capture a lot of data and sell data at that time um, in hard copy and moving on to online selling then, which was the early days. So it was a very exciting time in London for sure. And I knew then I was just hooked on business then. I never ever looked that I ever wanted to go back into or consider teaching or anything else. So what brought you back home again? I suppose the, the most Donegal people always have that homing device somewhere in them um, and sadly my dad passed away very suddenly and he had been running the hotel while my mum ran the bakery and to be honest there was just a gap in the business and and there are six of us in the family so I suppose we all kind of were looking around but the rest of them were all very settled in their careers and in their businesses or in their work lives so I knew I wanted to come back to Donegal anyway, so I took up the challenge and worked in the hotel then for six years. How different uh, was the hotel from you left until you come back, Niamh? It probably wasn't hugely different. Um, it was a very seasonal business in the northwest at that time. Um, certainly the business would be very busy at Easter, and then you would have a, a dip again until June, July and August. And I suppose the plan that myself and my uh, husband at the time had was that we would look and try and extend into those shoulder months, as they were called. So we started running things like painting holidays, walking holidays. We we got we did it ourselves, but we also got people to help us with hiking trips and walks because we could see that that's where people wanted to go. People, I mean, they weren't coming to Northwest Donegal for, for the weather and to lie on their beaches and their bikinis and all. So they needed to be doing something. So outdoor was great when the weather was good. And then indoor, we were able to do painting uh, holidays because we had a very large ballroom. So people had loads of space to work in. So we got a lady from Dublin, Anne-Marie Keevney, and she came down and did the painting holidays for us. So they were good value in the quiet months and we made them expensive then in the summer so people tended to go to the shoulder months so that worked out really well So uh, was it a successful approach you adapted? It was, yeah, I mean I suppose we would be very proud to say that we doubled the turnover of the business in the three or four years that we were there um, just by trying to expand those shoulder months we started doing a lot more music there would have been always in Gartaharkia there would always be traditional music but we were expanding that and we did Sunday afternoon music for a different audience, a different market. So, yeah, I mean, it was it was a great time. We worked hard at it. We were able to get tours in. We worked with some of the cross-border bodies to try and get people maybe from Northern Ireland that were in disadvantaged areas to come in again in the shoulder times. Just It's always easier to keep a hotel busy than to have quiet times and busy times because if you have the same team there the whole time, you're all on the same page, you're getting the same amount of food in if you're busy all the time. So it's a much easier business to run when it's always busy than having dips and lags. And did there come a stage where you decided to opt out of the, the hotel? Yeah, I suppose we... Again, early, late 80s, early 90s, 
money wasn't flush and people's homes at the time were starting to become very, very high quality. People were building beautiful homes and the hotel was a beautiful old hotel, a very oldie world as they would say, but it needed an upgrade. And we went around many of the banks and different investment houses looking for support at the time to try and invest to upgrade the hotel. Uh, Board Falch, as it was known then, would have, I think, given us a three-star and we wanted to move up because that's what was needed. It, it needed really high-quality en-suites. It probably needed perhaps not a spa but a, a, a centre, a leisure centre because that's what the other hotels were offering. So we could see that we were slipping uh, but we were finding it very difficult to raise the funds at the time and we had a lot of people helping us but unfortunately we didn't manage it and then I suppose a decision was made within the family to put the hotel on the market and it was sold in 1995. Were you sad? Yeah and and still would see you know I look back now with some regret for sure yeah yeah. And obviously that uh, impacted on the course of your life and your working life then as a result of that? It did indeed, yeah. Um, We opened a store then in Letterkenny. We opened a gift shop which was modelled on the Kilkenny shop, so selling only Irish-made products. Um, I suppose when you're in tourism you see what's happening around and we could see that there were fantastic craft workers in Ireland, loads of them in Donegal. And whilst they're brilliant at their craft, they're fantastic at the making. A lot of them wouldn't have had the business skill and they weren't great at selling. So they were either selling out of their own sheds or factories at the time, but they wouldn't have been great at the outlets. They definitely didn't understand margins and productivity and stuff like that. So we went around a lot of them and we chatted them and we said, if there was an outlet in Letterkenny, would you give us your product to sell? And so we opened Avalon in in the summer of 95 until 2004. So had that whole retail side of things. We moved um, premises on Academy Court twi- uh, from one to the other to a larger area, larger retail space. And it was a really successful, successful store. Um, I mean, Irish products are the best in the world and we have some great creativity um, across the whole country. Have things changed now in relation to uh, people who produce uh, the product getting to market and getting their reward for it? I think what's, yeah, I mean it's it's a really interesting, I think it'll be a really good case study. Um, I suppose years ago you could have bought a nice pottery mug for a fiver or six or seven euro depending what what the um intricacy of the design was and the paint and the and the the detail on it you would probably struggle to buy a handcrafted pottery mug now for around 15 euro so labor costs have gone up energy costs are <laughs> we won't talk about them just yet but a lot of input costs have gone up for all our craft workers and that goes across wool and, and everything i mean all our craft workers so the model is very very different but they're still selling a lot of them are now selling online which is great and we've had different schemes both enterprise ireland and the leos have had different schemes to help companies go online because then their own margin is being held and there isn't maybe a middleman or a middle uh, intermediary but it has the model has definitely changed for craft workers but they've also there have been some wonderful and excellent training programs for craft workers again with the leos and ourselves to help them understand the business model from 
the very beginning right up to selling. Uh, in relation to Leo and yourselves, yourselves being uh, Enterprise Ireland, 22 years you're with Enterprise Ireland now, Maeve. Can you take me back a bit to your, your first days and what your role was then? Yeah, so um, I uh, joined Enterprise Ireland as what's called a development advisor as well as being a regional executive. So I had two half jobs, which was unusual at the time. Um, so on the development advisor side, I was working with companies. And the portfolio of companies I had at the time were very much on the consumer side of things. And I probably got the job because of my background in working with craft workers and um, makers and, and network companies, etc. So the other side of it then was working very much on the regional side, so representing EI at different committees, um, working with the, the local enterprise board or the county enterprise board, as was known at the time. So... Actually, it was very daunting um, to come into a, what was a very large organisation. So there's probably um, 800 people in Enterprise Ireland. So when you come into the Letterkenny office and there's only two or three people, it's quite daunting. But I really enjoyed it. I actually, once I got my feet under the table and understood the way the processes and the structure worked, um, I could see that we were really helping companies in the Northwest region really, really well and giving them a lot of supports that were needed, as well as then helping with enterprise centres. So I had worked in the Convoy Enterprise Centre over in the Woolen Mill when it was being developed and also in the County Enterprise Fund, so we would have supported them. There were other centres around the, the uh, county that we would have funded to build, which ultimately helps a business if they have a good centre to go into. So I really enjoyed it. So it was a great, it was a great, um, I suppose, a baptism of fire coming in from having worked in London and then being self-employed to come into a, an organisation that was giving uh, support to other companies was great. Is there one notable change that you, that, that jumps out at you looking back on the two decades plus that you've been involved with the organisation, Maeve? Um, yeah, well, I suppose the main change I would see, I suppose, is probably the technology we use um, and probably would see that more now because of COVID. But when I started our, at home, you would have been dialing in still into the Internet like 20 years ago. None of us really had high powered broadband at the time. And so companies didn't have it either. So what I see now is that companies are as good here in the northwest and the west region as companies anywhere else in the world because they have very good broadband and very good internet skills for the most part there are probably some black spots still uh, especially in Donegal parts of Sligo and Leitrim but for the most part there is very very good connectivity which has made life for businesses very very easier Not e it's never easy but it certainly has made connectivity easier so the technology development especially with COVID with Zoom and Teams and different platforms has also made it very simple for companies to get out to their markets so if you're selling overseas and the whole export side export development side of a company is what interests Enterprise Ireland that's what we're here for then if they can connect with their buyers overseas easily um that, that connectivity has definitely made a difference. So COVID has certainly changed that. So people had to stop travelling. They had to stop 
going through airports and probably spending a lot of bit of a bit of wasted time. So there's much more productivity now that if once you've made your relationship and built your relationship with your buyer, which definitely needs face to face. None of us like doing the the screen only relationship building that won't work. But once you've developed that relationship, you can do an awful lot on the screen. And so the technology now has definitely helped. Would you find that you would do much more of your business now on screen? 100%, yeah. So during COVID, obviously, we were doing all of it on screen. And you do miss out. I mean, there's definitely the nuances of a business meeting. You can miss out on the early, you know, the first few minutes of banter the last few minutes of how when will I see you again and all that. And that's where a lot of the business is done. And sometimes that's where it's done. But if you want to do business now, you have to be very sharp. You definitely need to ask for it. Because once the phone line goes dead and the meeting is over on screen, it is over. So companies have learned and we have learned that you have to have your agenda very well planned out. You need to know what the output you want from that meeting. And you need to be not be afraid to ask for what you want for that meeting to be. So let's have a, fair, a very clearly defined uh, expected outcome or targeted outcome. Oh, 100%. And I would say to companies, you need to know what you want out of the meeting, exactly what you want, not just that, you know, of course, the first few meetings might be relationship building, but you then need to say, well, after so many meetings, you can't keep developing the relationship. You have to have a win out the other end. And what does win mean to you? And you write it down, you say what you want. And you ask for it. Companies overseas especially are happy to to have that kind of a relationship. Nobody wants to be wasting time on different calls. Everybody needs to be very clear about their their target or their output. Just in relation to your specific role, uh, Maeve, and the counties that you're responsible for at the minute. Sure. So I suppose just to, if I go back to where, so I started out working as a development advisor and regions, and then I moved into regions only. Um and after that, then I became a full-time development advisor in food. So out of the 20-odd years, I was nine years in food and food startups. And I loved that. And that was a national brief for me. So I covered the whole country. Um, and I would have been responsible for an accelerator program called Foodworks, which actually celebrated its 10th year anniversary on Tuesday night last. And I went up to meet some of the guys at that. And it was brilliant to see people who were on that first program and who are successful now. And just to know that you had something to do with that success, it's great, great feeling. But uh, since February 2021, I took over as Regional Director of the West. And in the last month or so, I've been given the responsibility to take over the Northwest as well. So back to your question. Um, I cover Galway, Mayo, Roscommon. And more recently, as I said, I have taken over Sligo and Donegal as well. So it's a big remit, but we've had a restructure in Enterprise Ireland. Um, and really, because we're able to do a lot more online now and our productivity has changed, they're just suggesting that people can maybe can take a little bit more work and have good teams working with them that are on the ground. So we have a team in Donegal, Leitrim and Sligo of four people and in the West region we have an extra team of five. So plenty of people to be out using the shoe leather out with companies and out with the regional teams. Just in relation to companies and regional teams, uh, I'm sure you've seen uh, a number of companies uh, locally, regionally, nationally and internationally 
to start off from very, very small beginnings to uh, bigger and better things. Are there any companies that come to mind in that regard, Niamh? There are indeed, yeah. I suppose <clears throat> our mantra in Enterprise Ireland is that we start, scale and grow. So on the startup side and on the entrepreneurship side, we do a lot of work. So we're working with the ATU here. Um, on the New Frontiers programme, so that's fantastic. And so we see a lot of people coming in and starting out. But certainly one of the stories, and I hope Paul McNulty up in 3D issue in Letterkenny here won't mind me saying it, but Paul came into the office when we were over in Portland House probably 16 years ago or so, and he had just come back from America and he had great ideas. And himself and myself had a great chat we worked on a business plan and you know he's been successful here and has been working in Letterkenny since he probably has 15 or odd people up there now working with him so that's it I, I often when I meet him we both kind of giggle at the, the day he first came in and he was not sure and I was not sure but you know we chatted it out we discussed it we looked at the opportunity and, and it moved on from there and there we'll take a break Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers, starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie. You're welcome back. Before the break, Maeve was recalling some of the companies she's worked with over the years. I've done a bit of work in Mulrines because when I was in food, I did a, a, quite a lot on the regional side as well. Um, there's a company down in Sligo called Good For You Foods. So they have lots of nice snacks and roasted nuts or not nuts, roasted seeds. Um, so I've worked with the Butler family on, on that. I've done some work in McGee Clothing in Donegal Town. Um, my own uh, downside is that I love crisps, so <laughs> I worked a bit with Kyo's crisps over in um, in County Mead, and I also worked with a company, a lot of work with a company in Galway called Revive Active. So they produce a supplement, a food supplement for you know I suppose helping your energy but they've developed loads of different products now and they've actually set up their own manufacturing Mullingar so that's a great success story um, and so I'm, I'm delighted to be still in contact with some of those and they might shoot me the odd text to say not sure who to ask about this so you know in Enterprise Ireland because we are a large organisation so it's great to be able to help people out even though you're not directly working with them anymore so they're some of the people that I've worked with and and of course I've probably forgotten some now so (laughs) apologies to people out there that I have have been involved with. Tell me Maeve how important is the role of Enterprise Ireland to the West and North West region's economic prosperity going forward? So I suppose we work with companies, typically companies that employ more than 10 and certainly those that have ambition to scale and export. So the Irish market, as we all know, is a small market, so it's a great place to start. It's a great market to test your product and if you're starting out new, we're very forgiving in Ireland. If you're starting new and you say to somebody, will you give me a hand, people in Ireland are, are pretty good at doing that. But once you start to lift your head above the parapet and you want to scale your company and grow, 
you have no choice but to leave the Irish market and look overseas. So what Enterprise Ireland does really well is that we can help people. We have a library in a market research centre. It's online at the minute, so anybody anywhere can get access to some fantastic reports, great data. They can look at competitors, they can look at opportunities, they can look at the mega trends that are coming down the track, what's going to be cool in 10 years. There's loads of work like that done. So that's the first step, I'd say, to anyone who are, who's looking at going overseas. Do your research, use the Market Research Centre. And Enterprise Ireland, the regional offices, will help you along that path. When you've decided then where your market is going to be, um, I suppose a trap a lot of people fall into is they, they said, well, we're just going to export all over the world for day one. You can't do that. I mean, it's it's just unless you're very online savvy and you've got a very good budget for Google or any one of the other platforms, um, you need to select and segment your market pretty regionally. And even if you're looking at the States, you have to go into states within America. Is that a mistake uh, made maybe too often? It is a mistake made quite a bit, yeah. I mean, people say we're going to go into the UK. The UK is huge. So which regions in the UK are you going into? Years ago, we used to do what we called a first flight program, and we would have started people into Scotland because we have that connection with Scotland and the gra with the people there and the culture. So we would have that people could have tested their markets in Scotland. Um, so we would still say that Manchester is a really small but very accessible market. I mean, everyone wants to go to London. Everyone th- sees the opportunity in the southeast, and there is a huge opportunity there. The disposable income in the southeast is better, but sometimes if you test your market in a small regional place like either Manchester or Glasgow or whatever, it can be easier. You make your mistakes there, and then you hit the big market of London or New York or wherever you're targeting. So people need to do research. We had our International Markets Week last week in the RDS. Very successful. There were over 2,000 meetings, one-to-one meetings. And that's where our overseas offices come back to Ireland and meet client companies. They do it once a year. But, of course, with COVID, it's been the first time in three years. And... um, the feedback from our overseas offices we have 40 overseas offices so there's about 200 people employed there the feedback unanimously from them is people need to do their research don't come in the door saying I want to target the whole of Europe you need to figure out which country in Europe is the best country for you to target and then you need to do as I say your research into which buyer over there is the buyer for you you know in the food side is it a retailer is it food service? If you're selling technology, are you going in through a channel partner or are you selling direct to the consumer? Or are you B2B or are you B2C? So you need to do all that research. You need to t- target then who you're marketing towards. And, you know, all of that is, is at your fingertips on in the Market Research Centre and indeed online. I mean, we can do an awful lot of Googling, as we call it, to gather the basic information. You mentioned the international markets there, Maeve. Uh, how have businesses uh, handled the whole challenge of Brexit from your perspective? Yeah, look, at, of course, Brexit was the fear um, in the kind of pre-2016 vote. There was a fear of Brexit. But to be honest, there's two things I'd say, I suppose. We have 30%, 31% still of our exports in Ireland go into the UK. 
and that's an increase uh, of fifth, you know, I think fifteen percent uh, value year on year. So it's increasing all the time. Does that surprise you? It does and it doesn't. You know, if you think about this region here, we're very used to selling into a different market because on the border you're selling into a new market an awful lot of the time. Um, the UK is very similar to us. We have a, the same language, similar culture. Of course, we have different currency. But as I say, in this bo- in this region, the currency has never been an issue. So we've, we have done a lot of work to try and get people to look at the Eurozone. And the markets in the Eurozone are very, very lucrative. But we'll still be going into the UK for many years to come. The biggest challenge we saw after the vote in 2016, and we were, I suppose we had done our our pre-planning and we had done the two scenarios. If it's a no, we were going to do one thing. If it's a yes, we were going to do another. So we were able to really jump into action very quickly and we offered programs to help companies with the new customs uh, requirements that were going to be needed, um, the changes in, in, in currency, how that was all going to work out. Supply chain was a huge issue. So for some companies, raw material coming into Ireland, if it was coming the, through the UK as a land bridge, there were huge delays. If your product was going out through the UK on that land bridge, there were huge delays. So Ireland, Inc., I suppose, the government, in opening up new routes to get to Europe and to get out, out of Ireland, certainly helped. But I wouldn't say it was a seamless transition, but it was something that our companies definitely were able to to handle um, fairly quickly. Should there be any cause uh, for concern, given the political unrest uh, across the see at the moment? Well, now, uh, based on uh, Liz Trust's resignation yesterday, there is always going to be some unrest. So... I don't know that there should be huge concern. I mean, there are issues, of course, politically um, with the backstop and with, with all that. But I think we have weathered the storm. I suppose the civil servants in the UK see that this has to be solved. It is part of the Good Friday Agreement. I don't think we should be unduly concerned. But people will always need to keep an eye on the market, of course. And with the mini-budget in the UK a few weeks ago, you know, the change in sterling could have caught people very unawares, but sometimes you have to hold your nerve because it did rebalance, but it could have it could have caused companies a lot of difficulty if you're selling into the UK and you, you're pricing in sterling, it could have been a challenge. Maeve, if you had one piece of advice to offer someone who has an idea and is considering setting up a business, what would that be? Okay, yeah, so uh, anyone starting uh, out in a new business, I'd, well, you know, from a personal note, I think people should talk to their family before they go off down that track because when you start a business, it's like adding another member into the family a lot of the time. So make sure that people are on side with you because it'll be long hours, it'll be challenging. So make sure you have your support lined up. The, uh, the other thing I would say is that we have huge supports across all of Ireland for anyone starting a new business. Um, The local enterprise office has a start your own business program. It's very, very helpful. It goes through all the steps. If you're a a business person with experience and you feel that maybe you need to start at a different level, the ATU New Frontiers program is definitely very, very worthwhile. It's in two phases. 
the first phase of scoping out your idea, you can do that while you're still working. Do a little bit of research before you give up the day job, maybe. And then phase two is very much you're funded to do phase two. It's a deep dive into the business ready to launch. So I would say use the supports that are there. Come and speak to us in Enterprise Ireland and in the local enterprise office and scope out your idea. Definitely write your idea down because when you write it down following a structured business plan template, it will ask you questions that you might not have thought before. Look, we all live in our comfort zones. If you're really good at marketing, you're going to fill up the marketing part of the business plan very easily and probably too many pages in it. If you're not so good at finance, you might avoid the finance bit. You cannot avoid any of the sections in a business plan. You need to be robust in all your scripting of your business plan. And you then need to give it to friends to look at, to kick it around, to ask the tough questions. Because if you're going for debt finance or if you're going for investment through a venture capital fund or whatever, your business plan has to stack up. So don't be afraid to give it to people to review. Nobody's going to steal your idea. There's thousands of people out there every day coming up with new ideas. If I had a euro for everybody who came in the door and said to me, I can't tell you my idea because you might tell somebody else, I wouldn't be working, I can tell you. And that's a very foolish thing. There are people coming up with ideas every day. Everyone has their own slant on it. If you have surrounded yourself with good people and good advisors, your idea will be successful. What's the key to a successful business? I would definitely say that planning. I mean, they say if you fail to plan, you you plan to fail. So definitely plan it out. And talk to people that have been there before you. I have seen in my 20 years with Enterprise Ireland, definitely people who are in business or have been in business in the past are more than willing to give their time to new people coming into business. They're so supportive. It's it's incredible. And especially in Ireland, I think, our six degrees of separation globally is definitely two, probably two and most three in Ireland. So I would say talk to people, look for advice. The other thing I'd say to people that are in business, and I see this a lot in regional companies especially, Take time out to develop yourself, number one. Do a management development programme. Again, the Leos are offering good programmes. Enterprise Ireland does some fantastic programmes. And again, a lot of them are online now, so you don't have to travel for them. But definitely take time out to develop yourself. When you're in a room with other companies and other business owners, you're learning all the time. It's unbelievable and As I said, people are always very happy to help you, to give you advice. If you stand up and say, well, look, I'm having a bit of bother with A, B or C, somebody else in that group is going to be able to say, I had that last year and I'm going to help you with it. So take the time to develop yourself, but also once a month, take the time out to look at your strategy and work on the business and not in the business. A lot of our regional companies are owner-managed. They're in their firefighting day-to-day, which is absolutely understandable. That's fine. That's what business is. But try and take a day a month to come out and look around you to see what other companies are doing. Take the time to do a bit of Googling. What's new? What's the next step? Because while you're in it and working focused on what's happening today, you're not actually looking at tomorrow. So I would say take that time out to work on the business.
Is there a person in business that you admire most, Maeve? I, I kind of knew you were going to ask me that, Kieran. So <laughs> I will go back to my beginnings. I mean, my parents definitely influenced me. And, you know, I was struck by how hard they worked. I mean, you work, anyone who worked in hospitality and tourism works very hard. It's a 24 7. Even when the doors are closed, you're sleeping and dreaming about it because the doors aren't closed very often. <clears throat> Excuse me. And especially my mum, because I do admire any women uh, who start their own businesses. And she was a trailblazer for sure. So definitely that. When I worked in London, of course, um, in the late 80s, uh, I was very impressed by Anita Roddick. She started the body shop. So some of the younger listeners might not remember her. But again, that whole female entrepreneurship side of things. But I have to say, anybody... And I'm not, so I'm not going to name anybody locally, although I admire an awful lot of, of people. But I definitely admire anyone who's in business. If you take that step into self-employment or into setting up a business, you have all my admiration. I think it's a really it's a tough game, but I think, as I said earlier, if you plan, um, you will be successful. So anyone in business, especially small business in Ireland today, has my vote. And when you're not helping people in business, Maeve, I know you're heavily involved uh, in local organisations, the Lions Club and the Erical Arts Festival being two. Yeah, so um, I started working with it. Well, I was asked to join the Lions by my, my good friends from the office here, Paddy Hart and Joe McHugh at the time. So I've been in the Lions probably 15 years now. The Lions Club, for people who don't know, is kind of, we're a voluntary group. We work with charities to help fundraise for charities. So um, we would have done some work with some of the Ukrainians when they came in first, I suppose, trying to help integrate them into the town here, <clears throat> funded bus trips and things just so that they wouldn't feel completely at loss. You know, they were shipped in, they didn't know where they were. So helping in that way. Um, we did some work with people in COVID as well, just I suppose fundraising to try and help local um, local charities. So I love that. I love being involved um, the, on the Erigal Arts Festival side of things. Again, I've been involved in that for a while. I'm the current chair for my sins, and it's a festival that runs for two weeks every July. What we would say, Erskahan Aragil. So it's in the in the shadow of Aragil. So it doesn't really go down south Donegal, but it's in a shown west Donegal and Letterkenny typically. And I love that as well because I'm I, I'm very I, I enjoy my culture. Um, I'm a Gaelgor, um, obviously, from birth, and I love anything to do with culture. So. Paul Brown does a great job there, as he does Edel Corcoran. They're, they're fantastic. It's a tough thing to run a festival that only runs for two weeks because some of your time, all of your time during the year is is targeted specifically at two weeks and then for two weeks you're working 24-7 as well. So fair play to them, it's, it's, it's a great gig. And of course we work with all the other creatives around the town so and Green and, and the gallery in Gidor and, and we do a lot of work up in Malinhead as well. And finally, Maeve, what does the future hold for yourself and Enterprise Ireland? 
Well, uh, you know, I took over the regional director job in Enterprise Ireland, as I said, in tw- early 2021. So I'm uh, definitely well up to speed on that now. Having taken over the extra counties in the last few weeks, I'm now going to spend time making sure that I get back. Well, I know the people in Donegal and Sligo anyway, because I'm from here. Um, but just getting back to touch base with them uh, again in the ATU and in the LEO. Um, for me, I want to stay healthy and stay happy and I have three great kids and of course I want to keep a good eye on them and help them through their part of the world and and help them going forward so that's probably it really and continue to help businesses across the North West and the Regional Enterprise Fund so we have done a lot of work with the Donegal Digital Open and a show and so helping good infrastructure space for businesses in the future Maeve Cullen Regional Director with Enterprise Ireland for the West and Northwest region. Thanks for taking the time today to talk to us on Business Matters. Well, that's it for this edition of Business Matters. Thanks to my guest, Maeve Conahan. Thanks to Kenneth Wilson on sound. And thanks to you for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with the programme, drop an email to businessmatters at highlandradio.com. Business Matters, in association with the ATU Donegal Faculty of Business. If you're looking to reinforce your leadership skills, ATU are offering Level 9 Executive Masters in Leadership and Innovation for private and public sector managers starting in January. Take the next step in your career and call 9186206 or email donald.hannigan at atu.ie.